Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with The Fall Guy. What are you doing later? Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes! Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Because nope. I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. You're listening to CLNS Media, powered by BetOnline.ag. Go to clnsmedia.com slash roll. Use our promo code CLNS50 for 50% off your first deposit. Don't call it a comeback. I've been here for years. Celtic Stuff Live. Welcome to Celtic Stuff Live on the CLNS Media Network, the leading online provider of audio and video coverage for the Boston Celtics. This is Justin and John. It's Memorial Day weekend for us. You're listening to this coming right out of Memorial Day, the day after. Um, and what a great weekend. I'm still pretty scruffy, pretty rough around the edges from a nice relaxing time out at the camper, John. And so uh, now I'm, uh, we're back home. And, you know, for us, it's uh it's kind of the waiting game for Celtics fans, although there's a few things we need to talk about. One, I had a good exchange on email from a, a listener that I want to talk about, Terry Rozier, and kind of a different spin. Uh, we have to talk about Toronto winning four straight because last week we talked saying that, oh, Milwaukee, they look like all world beaters, dot, 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 and now they're out, and Kawhi and Toronto are in. So does that change the narrative? Yes, yes, I think it does. And then obviously the draft is getting to be right around the corner now, less than a month away. And John, you're the draft guru. So I think we're going to go with, I love the way Keith Smith did this on Celtics blog where he kind of broke down all the different angles. But I think between now and the draft, we really have to look at this like, you know, either the worst case scenario or no big major moves and they re-sign Kyrie. I, I think that'll be the angle from now until we see otherwise. So, John, welcome. I hope you enjoyed your Memorial Day weekend, my man. Busy as heck. Uh, I spent the whole time in on the south shore of Boston, uh, actually going down as far as nearly near Providence. I got to see the lovely Seekonk, Massachusetts. Uh, spent a lot of time down there, watched my kids play in soccer, and uh, unfortunately did not come home. Travel team, huh? Yeah, oh yeah, oh yeah. Do you yeah. coach that or just a basketball? Uh, just the basketball. I, I am a, I am a, I am an obnoxious soccer parent. No, not really. Um, dude, but- I think it's obnoxious, <laughs> but they eat up your Memorial Day weekend. Like, it, that yeah. is the personal issue I have is like, hold on. This is a time for families to be together. And, and, and that, I get it. You got to do the travel stuff and it's going to yeah. suck up a lot of weekends. And if you want to be competitive, you got to play, but it just drives me nuts to no end that. You know, these sports are just taking every holiday weekend too. That's it, ridiculous. To it's me. a lot. It's a lot, but it, it well, we, everybody had a good time and 
learned a lot, and you know, hey, I mean, would I would I rather you know? Be Did the wife go with? Oh yeah, yeah, the whole family. We you know, you know, we didn't have the grill going. We didn't have the you know the beer going. I mean, it was. You're right. We missed all the regular, you know, Memorial Day stuff. But we, this this was fine. This was we were okay. So would have been nice to to pull out the W and bring home the the gold did ball. See, but, did man. you do any sightseeing in Seekonk? Say that three times fast. <laughs> sightseeing in Seekonk. Sightseeing in Seekonk. No, I didn't. Or maybe I did. Maybe I saw all the sights that need to be seen. I don't know. We're gonna find, <laughs> I'm not sure. But what I do know there's got to be a listener from Seekonk who is going to, you know, I know, chime in on Twitter and let I you know. know. Sorry, Seekonk. No, we, we actually the finals were in uh, in Norton today, so at Wheaton College. So, uh, so we got to see Wheaton. We got to see that was interesting, I suppose. Uh, and yeah, home. It, it was about 20 degrees difference between there and coming back home. So uh, yeah, welcome back to Maine. Yeah, I, I, I definitely, I'm going to be honest with you. I love Maine. I don't miss the two months of summer. So, um, okay. So here we are back to Celtics. Hey, Celtics. A lot going on in the world of Celtics. Dude, oh, what? Do you want to kick it off with Toronto? I mean, yeah. That was like when we talked last week, they were down two to nothing to Milwaukee. The first game was very much like the Celtics handing it to Milwaukee in their first game in the second round. And then all of a sudden, you just see the same face stomping. And it wasn't really a face stomping. Really, game three was a nail biter for Toronto. And that was a major turning point. But they won four in a row. So even if they'd lost that game, there was still, based on the way that they played and the way Kawhi took over, there was a chance that they could still have won four in a row and swept the tail end. Although I doubt it. That overtime game, pivotal in swinging that or turning the tides, I guess, in that series. Yeah, I think so. It really, I didn't. I don't think I and Giannis like, fouled out. That was we were recording it, during that overtime, right? Right, and I and it was was pivotal, and and I don't think I th- I realized how pivotal at the time. But as as you kind of go back, it really did. The entire tenor of that series changed at that point, and yeah, it you know we thought, well, it's two one. It, what could possibly change the the conversation of the Celtics season? Oh, maybe. Maybe, maybe the Raptors winning the next three, you know, that, winning in six, uh, that would change it a little bit. So, no, yeah, I, you're not feeling look, so good about it, though, right? I mean, seriously, yeah. this was the way that we could feel better about how the Celtics played this season was if Milwaukee went and took it to seven against Golden State, even if it was manufactured, blah, 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 blah. But then Toronto vindicated, too, just from Toronto's angle. DeMar DeRozan, Kyle Lowry, not able to get over the hump. Then they deal DeRozan. They might still not get Kawhi back, but this is the gamble they were looking for. At least they're giving their fan base a shot at the finals. Nobody can say anything now. The fact that they finally got that monkey off their back and they're in it, even if they get trounced by Golden State, this was a gamble worth making, even if Kawhi ends up playing with LeBron in L.A. or some craziness in the offseason. Yeah, and it's... Well, you know, and it's also, you look at the the history of that franchise too. You know, that's the, they've never had, this is really the first season they've had success, you know, real NBA playoff success in the entire history of the franchise, history of the city. You know, if you want to go that far back, uh, go back to the Toronto Huskies of the late forties. That's, you know, so when you, you take those types of gambles because, that's who you are. And I think there's a lot of the second guessing lately 
Jay King wrote an article on the Atlanta, uh, the left athletic. Oh boy. It's been a long weekend. Uh, on the athletic talking about, you know, did the Celtics screw up? Not getting Kawhi. You know, did they miss the ball? Everybody wrote pretty, that. Bobby Manning yeah. wrote that too. Bobby There's wrote it too. That is a yep. convenient storyline for where we're at right now. Yeah, it is. And I think it's, you know, yes. I mean, I think obviously, yes, if Kawhi was here, that things would have been different. But how much different? You know, how much of, and that's the problem going into this offseason. We really don't know the, the point of what caused everything. There isn't one person, I don't believe. I don't believe there's one individual. And we don't know that Kawhi Leonard's presence would have leveled all of the playing fields. What we do know is Kawhi played his tail off <laughs> these playoffs. Clearly the best player in the playoffs by Kawhi far. Kawhi did something that and Kyrie could not do absolutely. in the postseason. That's the essence of that conversation as far as anything that we could possibly speculate on. Pretty basic. He was able to take over a game and Kyrie wasn't, and that's why we brought Kyrie into it. And when we needed Kyrie to be big, he wasn't big. Or not big enough. He was big, but not big enough. Kawhi really took it to another level. But we knew Kawhi was one of the best players in the NBA when healthy. That was the big gamble. And I wonder if he would have stayed in Boston. Because, again, it's very much – you can't sit here now. Let me just say this. For anybody who's listening who is in the camp of, yes, let's trade these young guys for Anthony Davis, it was an even bigger gamble to trade them for Kawhi Leonard. So you can't say in the one breath, Oh, oh, you know, we, we, we definitely should have traded for Kawhi, but no, I don't want to trade for Anthony Davis. You've got to be consistent in that narrative or not in that narrative. You have to be consistent in that angle. So, well, the only thing about that is, yeah, go ahead. The only thing I'd say is, is the, the, the uncertainty about Kawhi, um, you know, in terms of the injury and everything going on in, in, the Spurs side of things. There are some added question marks, but I would agree with you overall. I mean, it's still like a, you know, 80% of it is, is a very similar situation. It should be treated fairly similarly. There were some added question marks that added like, wait, what? What's this going on? You mean, you mean Uncle Dennis is speaking for Kawhi Leonard and uh, things got a little weird there for a bit. But the other thing we don't know is the way Kawhi is, he could, he could walk too. If and after all this, so you know, everyone's, oh, I don't th- everything's I, good ship lollipop. It's kind of I don't funny. Think he stays in Toronto at all. I think I, that, think, so I think him right. taking Toronto to the finals is him just you know showing the world, doing his thing, right? Showing the world. His game. Yep. yep. And and now he gets to call his shot. He's healthy. Right. He went to the finals. He's a difference maker. It, he's he's teed up so perfectly for whatever he wants to do. And guess what? Sitting out with the Spurs last year, he didn't lose a dime. And if there's any legitimacy to the injury, then he took care of himself. He's going to end up on top on this, which is amazing, because I don't think anybody has ever come out on top after leaving Popovich. The, no, absolutely not. I mean, it's really a, a Patriots-like record of guys leaving. They do not do as well elsewhere. I mean, it's you, you see it everywhere. What's also somewhat interesting, and I don't, not to jump, subjects here but you know you look at look at Kawhi, look at katie look at Kyrie, look at anthony davis all of these unhappy superstars you know and this is going to be a summer based upon the intentions of people who 
no one really knows what they want, where they're going, how it all shakes out. I mean, it's, it's, it's going to be an insane next 37, eight days until we, you know, all of the chips somewhat fall out and the entire landscape of the NBA is somewhat dependent upon how these petulant superstars feel. I mean, you've got to believe in the next CBA. They're going to, that is going to be the primary goal. Yeah, I mean, the owners are not going to take this it, anymore. But 100%. Teams are, I mean, the Celtics season, gone. La- the Pelican season, gone. Uh, you know, uh, the Spurs season last year. Um, you know, all these, I mean, franchises just imploding because there's so much pressure on the decisions of a 25, 26, 27 year old guy. And that's a lot. Multi billion dollar franchises are resting on these decisions. And, and I'm all for, for, you know, allowing players to have freedom and, and have a freedom in the marketplace. I'm not saying that, that shouldn't be acceptable, but they, the NBA has established a system now that benefits and rewards this type of behavior. But it wasn't supposed to. Um, not That's great. the other exactly. thing. It wasn't supposed yep. to. This whole Supermax and everything yep. was the curative. And yet it's not exactly. really working out at all. No. Opposite. The opposite thereof. Yeah. All right. Well, you can follow Celtic Stuff Live on Twitter at CSL underscore Tweet Live. You can follow me at CSL underscore Justin. John is at CSL underscore Duke. The entire CLNS Media Network at CLNS Media. Facebook.com slash CLNS fans. John is so bored right now. So, so tired. Download the CLNS Media app for iOS and Android. (laughs) Simply search CLNS Media in your app marketplace. The YouTube channel, youtube.com slash CLNS Media for high definition, full length locker room interviews when the Celtics are playing and the garden report, as well as the round table and yours truly Celtic stuff live. John, that was hilarious. I just totally called you out. What? what? It is that time of year Hello? though. We, we, we just, we milked a good amount of Toronto, you know, and, and I, you know, I'm Milwaukee. What a tough spot to be in because it's, they're not going to be any better necessarily next year. Like Giannis might be better, but as a team, they're going to have some really difficult decisions. They're going to have to figure out a number of things. So they may not be getting better and Toronto may not be getting better. And then we're back to what we all really want to see, which is Philly and Boston battling it out. At the top of the East. And I, and I think that could be where we land next year. Even if Kyrie doesn't come back, I still feel like Celtics can be a really strong team next year. So we'll see. We have the draft to talk about. We have a few other things we got to talk about, <clears throat> but, um, before we roll into that, and I don't want to belabor the Anthony Davis, et cetera, but what do you think the odds are that the Celtics are just going to deal the picks? Period. And I, and I, I know there's a lot of scenarios, right? They could deal them all in an Anthony Davis trade, et cetera, et cetera. They do need to make some of these picks, especially if they keep all these max contracts and they re-sign Kyrie because they might need to fill out the roster a little bit with some talent that's cheap. But are they really going to make three picks? I kind of feel like there's definitely a European stash and there's probably a flip for a future pick and they, they might only make one. And maybe a couple. They have second round picks this year too, right? They won fifty. Just one. Yeah. So you can almost see them making two. They still got Shemi. They have sort of that 
end of the bench type of players that they could go to if necessary. Um, that they've had. Well, I guess it's just Shemi Yabaselli. They lose just about everybody else, right? Is that really it, Shemi and Yabaselli, that they have to round out the bench? Uh, everybody else has to be resigned in some manner. I think. Yeah, I think that's right. But if they didn't have Kyrie, they could make a move to, to plug a few of those people in. But they also have all these exceptions, so they can play it out that way. I mean, do you really think they're going to make many picks? Just kind of teeing up the draft conversation. Here. Well, I, I think it really depends upon – I mean, if they're making a draft night trade, that's the answer. I mean, that they are going to make the picks and they'll move. But, but you're right. We've And we've always – been supportive of the idea of you need these first round picks or second round picks because they're the lowest cost opportunity for you to to get an internal infusion of talent on a capped out team. And if you're going to go down a road of Anthony Davis and Kyrie and da da da, you know, all the way down the road, there's there's just no way to you're not going to be a successful team. Look at where the Warriors are right now. Now they are so top heavy, and they're I mean historically they're great. But look at, let's look at the Rockets, right? The Rockets have James Harden, you know, uh, maybe the MVP, maybe not the MVP, but they've had to sell off so many of these second round, so these first round picks that they don't have that internal infusion of talent. So they've got really, really G League players filling out the bottom of their bench. And so the Celtics, to be able to do that, make that trade, you know, if they can make a trade without giving up every pick they have, and trying to allow some picks to allow them to replenish themselves, um, that would be certainly beneficial. But it, I, I, not to belabor it, but that's really what it comes down to. How much is you know, New Orleans going to want? And you know they're they're a capped out situation too. So number one picks might be better, might be something that they would want to see. Um, they've got a lot of a lot of money on their books right now. So in the short term, it may it may be something they would look at, you know, wanting to see those picks included, I mean. Yep. Uh, well, yeah, for sure. All right. Southern Stuff Live is powered by betonline.ag. It's the NBA and Stanley Cup finals, and you could support our podcast by making a wager on your pick by going to www.clnsmedia.com slash CSL. There you're going to use promo code CLNS50 to get 50% cash back on your first deposit. And the Stanley Cup Finals are under underway, and it's in Boston. BetOnline.ag and CLNS Media are giving you an opportunity to win a pair of tickets to Game 2 of the Cup Finals. Entering is easy. Simply go to CLNSmedia.com slash Stanley Cup. Sign up for a free account using promo code CLNS50. Make a minimum $25 deposit, and you're in. Contest also includes a pregame meet and greet at the exclusive Legacy Club of Boston, which is right across Causeway Street. At the Legacy Club, you'll meet former Bruin legends, watch Stanley Cup segments being filmed, and Celtics legend Cedric Maxwell will be filming his podcast during the party. Winners will be drawn on Tuesday, May 28th on betonline.ag Twitter handle, so be sure to follow BetOnline underscore AG. The contest does not include travel or hotel accommodations. Terms and conditions apply, and you're hearing this the morning of the drawing, so make sure you act quickly if you're listening right now on your favorite podcast application. So, John, you're right. The whole, hey, it's, it's easy, it's cheap, low money. You fill out the roster. You've got some insurance, but if you're the Celtics, who would you even target in this draft? 
I mean, obviously maybe some guards. I mean, you love, you know, Brad loves those three guard lineups and, you know, we'll talk about that a little bit on the Terry email in a second, but. <laughs> right. Yeah. Yeah. I, the guy that I have my, I, I guess my heart set on right now is Brandon Clark. Uh, he's, uh, he's a guy, he's from Gonzaga. He came in at the, the combine, a little bit undersized, a little bit short wingspan, but his, his numbers, his agility numbers and his, his, his jumping uh, numbers are completely off the charts. And the Celtics, I think he's the type of four man that you need next to Al Horford, who can kind of clean up some of the, the weak side, you know, shot blocking quick enough to, to guard on the perimeter, but can also, uh, you know, really defend and rebound at a high level. Challenge is, Offensively, he's not really there. Um, shot isn't quite there. Uh, you know, I think a lot of people were looking at his teammate, um, Rui Hachimura, who is uh, a guy from Japan who played with Gonzaga and again, kind of that, that four, five, he's a six, eight guy, kind of rangy, shoots from space, um, got a little bit of skill to him, but certainly not the defender that you see in a guy like Clark. Um, again, undersized, but I, to me, what this team needs, they need more Brandon Clarks. They need less people who are shooting. They need more grit, more hustle. Brandon Clark seems like the type of guy you plug into this team. Um, I'm not saying he's Marcus Smart, but he, I think he fits those pieces together in a way that Shemi really wasn't able to do. Um, I think he, I think Shemi has those abilities too. Certainly in terms of size, he's not as, um, Shemi's bigger, bulkier, uh, but, but in terms of his, his raw numbers, Clark jumping out of the gym type stats, uh, those are the types, I think that's what the Celtics, in terms of need, that's what I'm looking at. Somebody, somebody's gonna Only available at 14, board. you think? Yeah. Not, not sliding. So. Yeah. Well, draft net says that he's going 23. So he could be available for one of those later picks. You know, it's funny. <laughs> it's been a long time, Justin, since we've talked about the draft in a way we've really had to talk about who's going to fall, right? How long yeah, no, you're right. We've always been at the top, so we're looking at like three or four players, and that's this, it. Right. This Great is like us going back to the old days, you know, to the, you know, the, uh, you know, who's going to fall? How to do we 14? pluck a gem? How do we pluck a gem? Yeah. Right. You know, it's we're kind of in that spot. Now, there's a couple other guys. Romeo Langford's a guy from Indiana. Well, let me throw, let, let me, oh, let you me want ask, to go back to him? Yeah, sure. Well, I want to ask you, what about the two Kentucky players? Tyler Hero, PJ Washington, any interest in those two? Well, Kelvin Johnson. I mean, Tyler's long, guy. right? He's a long guard. You know, PJ Washington can shoot the three and space the floor. You know, this is, this is probably. Is this the Duke like, thing? Like, yeah, I just this is can't even get an, I can't get an objective, like, <laughs> response from you, you on can't. this. You know, I was thinking, you know, and I was, I gave them a chance. I gave them a chance. And they picked a certain guy out of Kentucky a few years back with the 14th pick. And, um, they did, it did not work out well for the Celtics or for said player. So I'm swearing off the Kentucky thing for a while. Um, and that's probably not fair to Keldon Johnson or, uh, you know, any of these guys, uh, Tyler Harrow. I mean, I just, it, that team was never as good as it should have been, the Kentucky team. And they had, they got all these, I mean, if I go through I mean, one, two, Three. I mean, they got three guys in this in this you know project, projected to go in this first round, 
And what did Kentucky do this year? They win the SEC? No. How far are they going in the tournament? Not at all. I mean, they just never put it together. And that happens. Duke's head teams were just in gel, but, um, I'm, I'm just too biased, Justin. I can't, I can't even go there. <laughs> well, I mean, both of those players, probably Tyler Hero is not going to make it to 20, right? Most mocks have him up a little bit higher, but I guess you can't really tell in this draft. You can't. Because, because the drop off is sort of precipitous, but there's yeah. like a mid-level area that goes on for a while. The, the, the yeah. drop to the mid-level sort of, you know, talent happens fast. But yep. then it kind of sits for a while. You're, this could be a kind of draft where you get a Kawhi, you know, in the teens, where, you know, you get, like, these players that get drafted later just because there's no discernible difference in a big pack. Yeah, I think that's absolutely true. I mean, you get – once you get past, say, Culver, you know, seven, eight, nine, you know, that right now they've got Culver, Reddish, and Hayes – Kind of going in that spot, uh, the uh, the draft express, guys. and you're not even in love with Reddish as it is, right? Uh, I thought he'd be he would have been better than he was. I think he's still gonna be a good player. I think he's got skills. I think it was a bad it was a bad situation. Too many good and players, which happens players. a lot. Yeah. yeah. Okay. I'm so do you think White he could guy. be a steal even? Oh yeah, yeah. And I think I think he's still properly raved, probably for where he is. The year did not seem to hurt his draft stock. I mean, think about your boy Bagley. Everybody thought he was going to be a total mess, total bust, total bust, and he came out and just did the exact same thing that he was doing at Duke. On the numbers are almost the same, right? Just the, the rebounds and the points, and you know it's all grit work, and and so it's interesting because sometimes that stuff doesn't translate. So to your point. You know, maybe, maybe the reason that he didn't, you know, who knows? Who knows what happens with Reddish, but. No, and I, and I think that's a very good point. I, you know, there is fit as a big part of this. We, Jalen Brown, right? I mean, that was, that's probably a number one case for Celtics fans to look at a reason why you can't necessarily jump off of stats or, or, or what they've done in college to say, oh, this is how they're going to project because you can't. You, you you just you look at raw skills, and it's it's a crapshoot. It really is, you know. And um, you know, I think you look at size, you look at build, you look at physicality. But then, does that mean they work hard? Does that mean that they can get you know they can get a shot? I mean, I've come to believe that you can learn how to shoot at this point. If Marcus Smart can learn how to shoot thirty six percent from three, anybody can learn how to shoot. You know, it's just a, finding guys who will put the work in and the time in. So anybody can learn how to shoot. Pretty much, uh, you know. Ooh, I don't know. Yeah. Although Brown, Jalen Brown did, and everybody said he couldn't shoot. Right. Right. So. Yeah, but there's, I think this is the funny thing about this draft. I think this draft is one of those drafts. I think where everyone says, Oh, you know, it's top heavy after Zion. There's not much, blah, blah, blah. RJ Barrett, John Morant, right? We know those three names and then it drops off. But when you look at the names in this draft, right? You go, you go down, uh, you know, going to the draft express guys, you know, if I'm, if I'm going off of what's on uh, ESPN. There's a lot of names that were considered top five, top eight talents that didn't have a good year. Bull Bull, you know, injury issues, never really played much all year. Romeo Langford was hurt this year. Kevin Porter had some eligibility issues. I mean, there's a lot of, like, reasons why guys didn't work out, but they had talent at one at one point. Now, were they highly rated because they're – 
know, compatriots weren't that great? Or were they highly rated and they were unnecessarily knocked down? And as teams go through this workout process, these guys start shooting back up the board. That's what I always kind of watch for. Is That's like, the fun what part. What are the names? The you know? fun yeah, part is so. all these workouts. Who did the Celtics bring in? Who did they talk to? Who do they have interest in? That's all going to be happening very soon, right? The final starts on Tuesday, tomorrow night. Yeah, and they've been working guys out. There's a, I think they've already had like 20, 20, 25 guys in already that we know yeah, of. Yeah, but it's when they reported. bring them back in. Right. It's almost a sure sign that that's somebody that they're interested in. Almost yep. every single player that they've drafted has yep. had a second workout, right? Jalen Brown in a second workout. Marcus Smart, Smart had a second workout. Yep. I believe Tatum did, although I think that one was quieter. I don't know that the second workout with Tatum was known until maybe even after the draft. I don't know why I think that, but I don't know. Yeah, if you I think remember. you're right. I think that's right. Yeah. So we're kind of back in the draft game, which I love. Big draft guy, right? You know, and I think what this is the thing though. Like when you look at like all those guys, and again, uh, you go down to like Cameron Johnson. He was a top ten guy going into the year. Uh, Keldon Johnson, um, Porter. The Celtics, I mean, so they've got three picks. They got 14, they've got 20, and they got 22. You've got, you got three swings at a guy who right now after the season isn't viewed very highly. But who knows? I mean, Draymond Green was a second round pick. Terry Rozier a year ago was seen as surely uh, at least eligible to receive a, t- a number one pick in, re- in return. Um, you know, it, it was, the point guard of that team that made that run into the uh, conference finals. And you can get that guy in this, in this type of draft. I don't think that this draft is all that much different from the, where Terry Rozier was picked, you know? So, and then of course, Giannis, <laughs> the, the the next MVP of the league was picked, you know, in the middle of a very weak draft and turned into the MVP or what I think. It's almost like you should go with the high upside athletic guys. It, it, you almost want to just yeah. gamble that way and see what happens. And with three picks, the Celtics always talk about it. Zarin says it's just another swing of the bat, just another swing of the bat. Mm-hmm. So I think you gotta, you gotta gamble on those players and try to put them in the right culture and see if you got a guy who's motivated. I definitely think work ethic is a big deal. So maybe it's work ethic and athleticism. And then you go from there. Um, all right. Let's talk about Terry. So I had this email, uh, exchange with a listener uh, a little bit today, Memorial Day. And, uh, it's just, first off, we referenced an email from before. He was grateful to, to hear the email read, but he makes a really good point. There was a whole bunch of other stuff about, you know, potentially Kendrick Perkins, you know, being the, being an assistant coach and what that would do. And I think that was the email we talked about previously, but we got, we got into a point that I think is really important, which is the way that everybody is viewing Terry Rozier is sort of like the backup plan to Kyrie not signing. And instead, it's like, well, and and you and I have talked about this, that maybe that bridge is already burnt anyway, like from the organization standpoint, even if he had a legitimate reason, et cetera, et cetera, it's time for him to just move on. Some players just need to do that. He was great off the bench in the 25-minute role and then happened to uh, escalate successfully in the postseason last year. But whether or not he's truly a starter or not is in question. And so um, this loyal listener says, you know, really, what do we really need to re-sign Terry? Like, why couldn't we move on? 
with Marcus Smart and Jalen Brown at the one, two, which I think makes a lot of sense because this whole log jam at the quote unquote three with Brown and Tatum and, and Hayward and Hayward was sort of slotted in the four position before the injury anyway, but moving Brown to the two in the starting lineup. And I know originally that's how this season started with Smart coming off the bench, but Smart is really, it was the three point shooting that makes you kind of go, Hey, if he's not going to be the featured guy, He's going to be the facilitator, the grit guy. He's already re-signed to a cap-friendly deal. Like maybe having him as the starter like we did see for much of the season after the rough start is the right thing to do. And if you do that with Kyrie gone and Brown plays the two, that's quite a defensive duo. It's longer and stronger than, you know, a lot of one-twos. And Marcus is hitting the three and distributing the ball. So, that would open up shots for some of these other players who maybe, especially Tatum, who dropped off slightly from probably a lack of shots. Definitely influential. So a couple of thoughts there, but um, we don't necessarily need to have Terry. We could go to the market and get other bench fillers behind Smart and roll with that starting lineup. Yeah, no, I, I think I think the way that Marcus Smart is the most valuable that he can be is as the team's point guard. Right, I think that's you know he can do he's a lot big of things for a on the point court. guard, not he's just big. strong, but but he's got the height too. Yep, yeah, six four. I mean, he's as as big as defended successfully Porzingis. So, sure. and the switchability in that lineup, right, is deadly. Right, you, you've right. got Smart, Brown, Tatum, Hayward, depending on how you want to play that at the three four, probably interchangeably, which is exactly what we mean with the switching. And then Horford at the five who could switch with just about anybody but the one outside the paint, right? So there you go. You've got that deadly switching. You're a little undersized in the front court, but you're a little oversized and strong in the back court. So I think we heard a lot this season that the struggles in the interior defense had a lot to do with the struggles in, you know, sort of point of attack defense with the guards. And, uh, many times they felt like there was, they were letting guys through and that should have been a point of strength defensively for the team. So there you go. Maybe this would be help, be a helping fix. I, yeah. And I think that if you can maximize what you're getting out of Marcus Smart, who's on a long-term deal, he's going to be here for a while. We know we're going to get out of him. That's probably your best foot forward. And you can still. You, could, you still could bring Terry back. You still, I mean, I don't like the idea. Part of what goes into this whole summer to me is you don't want to lose that. You don't want to lose assets. You know, you don't want assets walking out the door. And Terry, obviously Kyrie is its own thing, but, but Terry is an asset. He's, he's, it'd be buying low if someone buys in on him. And it probably makes a lot of sense for someone to throw in an offer sheet Boston's way if they haven't renounced him, but. He's you're buying low on Terry Rozier, so why not invest in him low? I mean, the Celtics effectively did that with Marcus Smart last season. They waited it out, they waited it out, and they ultimately got him for a contract which was, you know, within market. Uh, you know, today Adam Hillsbach was was on with Adam Kaufman on Celtics beat, and you know he said he was looking. He thought Terry's looking at a contract somewhere in the neighborhood of of what. The Celtics would be happy if it was somewhere in the neighborhood of what uh, what Smart signed, but Terry was looking for the twenty million dollar range. I don't see that happening. Do you? Do you no, see the problem for Terry? A year? No, the problem for Terry is he plays, you know, a pretty loaded guard 
position. It's part of the reason Smart only got 12. That and the fact that if he had waited just one more year, if he had signed a one and one and shot the three the way he did this year, he might have moved up to 15, 16 million, right? That was, that was really what killed Smart. If he had, if he had corrected the three point shot, it might have been different. But at the same time, you know, and that's because he, his defensive prowess and his glue guy prowess and his high motor, that stuff Terry has, but not the same way smarts recognize. So for everything that Terry can do, you know, it's not necessarily any better. So money wise, I think it's still 12 million because like you said, it, there's just a lot of guards. It's a guard league now because, you know, the hand checking rules and everything else. So it's, it's a lot easier to get a decent backup guard. The way he gets 20 million is if there's somebody out there that watched him play in the postseason last year that just flat out fell in love with him and said, that's a guy we think is truly a starter given the right opportunity. Um, he had the right opportunity in the postseason and he played well. I'm not sure he's the best passer. He's definitely more in that Russell Westbrook kind of style. And then, so the question is, you know, does he really have the ability to climb the ladder scoring wise? the same way that Westbrook can take over a game. And I, I realize Westbrook's a, a triple-double machine, but those assists come from, you know, how offensively gifted he is and how much attention he draws that, you know, if he just finds 10 guys that are open passing out of the double team and he's always had somebody around to take a little bit of that additional pressure off of him, he's going to get his assists. So he's a better passer than Terry. I'm not trying to demean Westbrook, but my point is if somebody – kind of sees that in Terry and they really want to go after him and they fell in love with him. He might get 20, but I think the odds are that he lands at that same deal as smart. So their discussion, I didn't listen today yet. You're saying their discussion was if he lands in that, they'll probably match it. Well, I think what Adam was saying is that for a deal to get done from Boston side of it, it would have to be probably that's the, that that's probably as high as they'd be willing to go. Is something in the Marcus Smart territory. That's where they value him. Is is at the Smart type level, you know. Um, I think people would be surprised that they would go that high, but they were they were surprised the Celtics went that high, you know, when when they signed Smart, you know, like oh, you can't even get a you know anyone to offer you know sign an offer sheet and blah blah blah. Uh, so, you know, maybe maybe that would be a surprise. But there's so many. The funny thing is, you know, we talk about. But there is so much that has to happen to get from, you know, where we are now to that point. And, you know, we can go, you and I. I think what you mean is there's so much that you want to happen between now and when we get to that point. There, But there's going to happen regardless of what I want or doesn't. I mean, Kyrie Irving is going to make a decision. Here, right? Oh, I see what you're saying. You know, but I'm saying he's going to make a decision here about making a deal. You know, I mean, uh, maybe even before all that, Anthony Davis is going to sit down supposedly the next couple weeks with David um, uh, Griffin there and say, you know, listen, this is this is what we're going to do here, and and this is what I want to do. I want to leave. I want to stay. That is going to could the Celtics still get Kawhi? Effects. What's that? Could the Celtics still get Kawhi? Uh, they'd have to. I don't think the Raptors would trade within the division. Do you? I mean, and, versus losing him for nothing. I mean, if he went to the Raptors and say it's been a great season, but 
I don't want to come back. And he, you know, and I want to go to Boston. I doubt he's going to say, I want to go to Boston. So that's the part that it all breaks down. But my point is, you know, is that, do you, I don't know all the cap stuff and I know you're not an expert either, but I think it's still doable, right? A sign in trade is doable as long as we still meet all the rules of being able to match the salaries and everything, right? You can, right. You can do it. But the thing is, is that it's like, it's somewhat like the, uh, you know, the, the KD situation, if KD wanted to come here, like there's so much that has to happen. He's got to say, this is the place I want to go. Just like with Chris Paul, Chris Paul said, okay, I want to go here. I'm going to leave. And in that case, you know, I'm going to opt out. Um, you know, he just, he basically said, you need to make this happen for me, you know, and then the, the Clippers and Rockets did. That's almost effectively what, what, in that case, what would happen with Kawhi? Yeah. You'd have to say, look, I'm leaving and I want to go to Boston and I want the five year max. If you work that out, you know, we can make this happen. The issue in that case is he wasn't, he wasn't, um, you know, Kawhi is going to be a a free agent. So in that case, I think it was Chris Paul had to opt into his second, the, the extra year of his deal for them to be able to make that trade happen. It's kind of that. That's what I'm saying. I'm just not, I'm not totally sure it's even a viable option as well. It'll be interesting. Not really. I think it's, I don't think it is. And, and, and there's nothing that has said, has indicated that Kawhi is interested in coming here. You know, I think KD wanted to play with, with Kyrie. That's obviously something that's been discussed or of course the, the, the Davis stuff. Um, I, I don't think it sounds like everyone says he, he's, he's LA or, or he'll stay in Toronto, but who the heck knows? Yeah, he's probably L.A., but all right. So that's going to do it for this week's show. The broadcast will be available on demand on the CLNS Media mobile app. Don't forget to follow us on Twitter, at CSL underscore Justin, at CSL underscore Duke. A heartfelt thank you to everybody for tuning in. And remember that you can help support the show by subscribing to Celtic Stuff Live on iTunes and Stitcher. We'd love it if you gave us a rating and review because your feedback is important to the show. And for staff writer... Sammy Elias. Executive producer Larry H. Russell, the founder of CLNS Media, Nick Gelso, and my co-host John Duke. I'm Justin Poole, and thank you for listening to this week's edition of Celtic Stuff Live. Celtic Stuff Live. So okay, listen, fi- I got well, no, finals I, predictions. Okay, can I I got beef though. So can I do you want me to do it now or you want me to do it after the finals predictions? We you got do. you got beef. I got an issue. All right, so final I, I, predictions, I, real quick. Then, real quick. All right, real quick. Yep, Golden State in five. Yep, that's what I got too. Okay, done. They rolling. I guess rolling. beef. I guess beef was needed because that would have been the most boring outtake after the end yeah. of the show ever. What's Lame. beef? Lame. Give me All the right, beef. Listen, show me the beef. Here's the thing. You and I, we've been at this podcast game a long time, right, Justin Poolin? You and I have been at this a, a long few years. time. A few years. A long, a long, a long A time. Seriously, almost okay. 15, bro. Almost, almost 15, 15 years. We've been podcasting since before people started listening to podcasts. They, they weren't even listening to us and we were recording these things. It was crazy. I have a beef with podcasters. Podcasters out there, listen, okay? You want people to listen to your show, right? I get it. It's cool. My issue is, don't sit there and apologize for how long your show is. I don't care how long your show is. If I'm listening to your show, I want to listen to what you have to say. 
the longer you talk, probably the more enjoyable I think your podcast is. I mean, there is reason, you know, if it's 16 hours, maybe that's a little bit much, but like, I, I, every, I like, I've listened like the last four podcasts I've listened to. Okay. And they're complaining like, Oh, if you're still listening at this point, we apologize. Don't apologize. I'm listening to you. I like what you do. Keep right. Talking. It's your show. It's your, your show. Talk. You get, here's the thing about that. I, the podcast, I don't get it. they don't get it because the podcast truly, yes, you're doing it because you want people to listen to it. But yeah. you actually are doing it because you love to listen to yourself talk. It's just the damn truth. You love to to throw your ideas out right. there, get right. some feedback on it. But believe me, if you're podcasting for the money, then you're probably somebody who already made it like Joe Rogan. If you're podcasting because you think it's fun and you really enjoy learning how to do it, and, and really consistency is the key. Is whatever you yeah. do, be consistent right. about it so people kind of know what to expect and they plan schedule. it into their lifestyle, have a schedule. Sure. And you and I are not always consistent. I get that, you know. Sorry, sometimes everybody. our release date is a Sorry, little Sorry, everybody. After 15 years, we deserve a little leeway here and there, I think. <laughs> but I apologize. Yes, that's great. I apologize, everybody. Sorry. It's yeah. just, it's like. No, you're I, right. Don't be sorry. Just do what don't you be do. Don't be sorry. Yeah, Don't be, be sorry, sorry for listen. yourself if that's what causes people not to listen. Right. If you get to that point, right. there's to your point, to what you said, yeah. if you get to that point in the show, the people you're apologizing to don't need an apology. The people right. that need your apology are already gone. Right, right. I'm sorry I talked about things that were uninteresting and you don't care about. I guess maybe that's the apology, but that's the apology you'll never get because they already hit stop and they went to listen to, you know, uh, Bill Simmons. Uh, All right. That's hilarious. How did this even come up since we're closing out the show and we got like maybe a minute? Like, I, how did this I get under th- your craw? I don't want to throw people under the bus. Oh, it's who, people we know. People who we know. People we know. People we know that we're going to apologize to if they are listening <laughs> to this point in our podcast. My apologies to people I know who, who also podcast. Too long. No, but look, I, and I've heard it. You hear it. You listen to podcasts. I, I drive. I got, I got a long drive every day. I listen to podcasts every day. You know, two, I don't ever feel bad when we come in under an hour because we had a seven hour draft night show. And because we waited it out, we had the best interview with Mike Gorman ever. That's right. At like the six hour and 15 minute right. mark, he right. hops on. We talked for 45 minutes. He's a hundred percent candid. And while he's done more of that in recent years, because there's more and more outlets, when right. you heard it from Mike back then, it was probably the first time you actually had like just a more candid conversational flow with him um you know because there's just not an opportunity for him to do that on the tv broadcast yep and i I, so that's and and that's the thing people like the podcast because it's a conversation amongst people you and i we're doing our thing some people are going to listen to this it's crazy and they're going to think about it and they're going to be like huh what what yeah john had that terrible point there and justin was absolutely right and whatever i mean and and that's great you know but it's like if you're listening if you're doing the podcast do your thing you know guys girls whatever do it record it send it out if people like it they like it if they don't like it they don't like it it's okay they skip they fast forward whatever yeah just if you think it's apologize. a problem then just make the change. Don't apologize for it. 
make the change, make the commitment, and see what happens. What's great about it is it's an experiment. And I've always said, if you, you could do anything you want to do if you're willing to do it for free. And guess what? Most podcasters are doing it for free. So it's your thing. Do what you want to do. If you want to fix it because you think it's too much, then fix it. If you don't, you don't, but don't apologize. I agree. And like the podcast, I, I, look, I understand there's, there's a, there's a whole thing trying to get to. I'm just saying whatever works for you, whatever works for your show, whatever works for, you know, it's okay. If it's an hour, it's an hour. If it's two hours, it's two hours. Just do your thing, man. Just do it. I don't care. I don't need to hear your apologies. I love your show. Thanks for doing, give me a rating and a review. Okay, fine. Everyone's got the canned lines. We, we do too. I just made fun. I never even got, I never even thought about the heartfelt thank you. But for me, for the first time, you've been doing that, that same read for what? Two years, three years in that, in that cadence. And it caught, it caught me. It's a heartfelt thank you. I, it, it caught me right here, right in the heart. If you're still listening to this show right now, <laughs> you're welcome. You're welcome. You're <laughs> welcome. Yes. You're welcome. You're welcome. God bless you. All right, God bless you, people. Boom, drop the bike. You're welcome. <laughs> oh, that's funny.